0: Welcome to All the Therapies. We're two clinicians who try out different therapeutic practices so you can find the right type of healing for you. I'm Abby Crom. I'm Mona E. Shaker. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe.
1: Thanks for joining us. Let's jump in now.
0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to this episode where we get to interview Jacqueline Neitz. She is a licensed psychotherapist and a mind-body wellness coach. But Jacqueline, I'd love for you to tell us about yourself and give us a little background. Thank you so much for having me, you guys.
2: So I'm a licensed psychotherapist. And as you mentioned, also now a mind-body wellness coach. Very cool. I have been Licensed since 2012, mm. and I originally was trained psychodynamically, mm. and worked at the Maple Counseling Center in Beverly Hills for several years to work toward my
0: licensure. Yes. So, so, no. Like, can you just say uh, briefly what psychodynamic means? Yes, for sure. So,
2: psychodynamic therapy means that we tend to carry patterns with us throughout our lives Mm -hmm. that we may be very unconscious of. And until we really work through those patterns, they keep reemerging. Yes. Great. Thank you. Okay. So from there, I was in private practice for a little bit. Then I always had a dream to become a therapist at a university. Mm -hmm. I always just love the idea of being on a big college campus. So I was a therapist at UCLA for over seven years Through the pandemic, you know, which has been interesting in terms of the change of therapy. So I specialized in what's called mentalization based treatment that has been proven to be extremely effective for those struggling with borderline personality disorder. Those with intense trauma, whether it be complex PTSD, big traumas, little traumas, it's been very helpful in helping people regulate emotions and developing a greater understanding of self and other and how they're relating in the world. So at UCLA, I specialized in mentalization-based treatment, and I saw such a a range of clients LGBTQ plus community, um, helping students go through the, going through transgender process. It was just, it was just such a wonderful experience. I learned so much. My time there was invaluable. And I also specialize in eating disorder treatment and severe depression and anxiety. So that was my time there. In that time, I have also had my own experience with chronic pain conditions body. And originally when I was at the Maple Center, I had hurt my back and I thought that that was it. I was doubled over in pain and I couldn't even move. Wow. I had two spine surgeries. They were nine years apart, but which really led me into the work I'm doing today. Mm. So I was at UCLA. My time there, like I said, was invaluable, but I found my calling in life which is in helping people transform their life into fully healing from chronic pain conditions, syndromes, symptoms, diagnoses in the body. And that we are a mind-body system and that we have been raised in a medical model that what the doctors see in the white coats is what's wrong with us or what's going on as I was told, and I had so much fear. So thus I put all my power into the doctors, mm-hmm. but I have learned out of my own work from a place of sheer desperation that number one, I healed myself, but two, that there is a different approach to healing conditions in the body than it just being that we are a pop pill society or needing surgery or all the various you know, Western medicine treatments that were given.
1: Totally. Thank you, one just being vulnerable and sharing about your personal journey with the work. And I think a lot of people in the healing field, we end up here because of our own desperation too. So thank you just being honest and sharing that. And thinking about chronic pain, I think it's such a frustrating place to be, especially when the, you know, the medical model, the doctors kind of like maybe give it a diagnosis or they just kind of shrug. And yet, you're still kind of in a lot of pain, and right there's like maybe pain medications, and you kind of go into that area too. So, I'm really personally interested in this, your work. So, I would love to hear more about TMS, um, Mm -hmm. what that is, and then a little bit about pain reprocessing therapy. Absolutely. So,
2: like I said, out of sheer desperation, I found this work. TMS stands for Tension Myositis Syndrome. It was coined by the genius before his time, Dr. John Sarno, Mm -hmm. who was seen as a quack, which is like so sad. He worked at the NYU Rusk Medical Center, Mm -hmm. the rehabilitation center, and no one in all of his years working there would refer to him in his practice, Mm -hmm. which just goes to show that Western medicine operates a certain way. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And he was so genius in that he understood that our repressed emotions can cause so much havoc on the body. So if you think about our bodies, we are either in fight or flight, or rest and repair. Mm-hmm. And our bodies cannot heal when we are in chronic fight or flight.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And what is the fuel source for chronic pain is fear. So with, with that being said, if you think about it, our brain and our nervous system perceive our repressed emotions as a far greater predator mm-hmm. than our pain, mm-hmm. symptoms, syndromes, conditions in the body. So once, so we all have a reservoir of emotions. Once our reservoir reaches critical mass or we maybe have gone through our whole life repressing emotions that we're not even aware that we're repressing or we don't even think that is affecting us, it gets to a point where that reservoir starts to spill over. Mm-hmm. And then it starts to signal pain sensations in the body. So this can be someone's back pain conditions, which was me. I was diagnosed with a herniated disc at my L5, L4, L4, L5. And I had my first spine surgery when I was 28 years old because the doctors told me that I had degenerative disc disease and that the surgery needed to be done and that the structural abnormality in my body, which was, was what was causing my pain. Mm. And that is how doctors in the medical field are trained They go to medical school to focus on the symptoms. So Dr. Starner was so genius in that he understood that the part of our brain that is wired for emotion is actually wired
1: for pain.
0: Right. And now like with like books, like The Body Keeps the Score and like, this is like, this is where therapy is. Like, this is just obvious to, you know, to therapists. And it's interesting because we're working parallel to the medical field, but the way I think therapists look at it is like, it's, it's almost just like given that, the, that that is how the body's operating. We know all this and it's proven by the neuroscience too. But again, still the medical field, I feel like that's like last on their list to look at. And that's just, you're right, that's just how they're trained, you know?
2: And it's so hard because it's what we know, right? Like I'll speak for myself. When I have ever had something wrong with me, I'll be like, oh, oh gosh, like, oh no okay, I'll go to the doctor and they'll tell me what's wrong. And so when I went and got MRIs and had went to physical therapists and everything is focused on the body and it's not connecting the mind body as a whole. And we are mind body system. So he was so genius in that he understood that people that tend to repress their emotions over time, it gets to a point, like I said, where it reaches critical mass. And then you are in some sort of pain condition. So it can be, like myself, I was saying, back conditions, shoulder pain, knee pain, plantar fasciitis, any sort of syndrome. Pelvic pain conditions for women has become so prevalent Mm -hmm. over the last 10 years. Someone's chronic IBS, someone's chronic migraines, tension headaches, TMJ, anything that has become chronic in the body. Even if you had an injury, let's say, like you're a soccer player and you have an injury on the field, once the body goes through the normal healing time, the brain still remembers and it will continue to fire those signals to your body because if you're in a continuous state of fight or flight.
1: Mm,
2: yeah. If that makes sense to you. Totally. So, with that being said, I went through years. I mean, it's interesting you mentioned that therapists, you know, we all have this knowledge and understanding, but I will say for myself, Mm. I was studying to become a licensed therapist. I was doing my hours and I was sitting with ice packs in my sessions as an intern and I had so much fear. Mm. So much fear that I was broken, that there was something terribly, terribly wrong with me. I was going to be in this pain forever. And the doctors instilled so much fear. Mm -hmm. And this is not about me being against Western medicine at all, because there is absolutely a place for Western medicine, but it's not the only way. Right. And so I had to go through my own journey Mm -hmm. of going from one spine surgery that I thought had cured me and had healed me. And after having two children thought that I was like, you know, skating through life and doing great. And then I ended up injuring myself again. And I thought I had just injured myself and went and got more MRIs and more x-rays done. And the doctors instilled so much fear in me, but I had so much fear, like I had ruined myself because my MRI showed that I had re-herniated the same disc that I injured you know, what was it? Nine years earlier. So long story short, I ended up getting an artificial disc replacement wow. and I call it my sugar now. Cause I need to call it my sugar because it's a part of me. Mm. And before I had so much fear thinking, Oh my goodness, I have this thing in my back now. And it's, it's not, it's not a part of me. It's like, it's this, mm. it's like this titanium. Right. And I was part of all these different Facebook groups. people that had gotten an artificial disc or people that were getting artificial discs, which I want to mention, creates so much more fear because people commiserate with suffering, right? Like people find like a common ground. Like I know so many women that are on these elimination diets for pelvic pain conditions or you name it, but it really creates more and more fear and it all creates issues with, I want to say body disorder, you know, stuff. 100,
0: I mean, I work with intuitive eating. So this is like right up my alley in the sense that we do get sold on just like solving everything with like diet and elimination. And the truth is, is like eliminating important aspects. Like we need carbs, protein, and fat. And every diet eliminates one of those things. And by eliminating them, we're adding to our health condition, you know, and that's a whole other diatribe I could go on. But yeah, so I agree with you a hundred percent, you know. I think the biggest piece here is that belief is
2: everything. And so when I was doing my hours, I had read Dr. Sarno's book, Healing Back Pain, but I could never digest it. I just couldn't digest it because I was under so much fear. Right. And fear is the fuel source that maintains chronic pain symptoms. So I read his book. I tried to do his work, but it just didn't work for me. I found Nicole Sachs' podcast out of sheer desperation, and I did her work, and it transformed my life, and I realized that I have so much more to give as a clinician to people than just being a therapist, but also being just bringing myself more into the picture that we are a mind-body system and that when someone is struggling with anxiety or is struggling with eating disorders or is struggling with relational stuff, right, or intimacy or rejection, right, that it's all under the same like part that we are mind-body and that we either feel things in our heart or we feel things in our body and it's interchangeable.
1: Thanks for, for sharing that. And those two things are connected. I'm curious about the actual process of your work and you talked about healing yourself. And like, I'm just dying to know, like if you feel comfortable sharing, of course, like how, how it actually works, like in practice. Yes. Perfect. So Dr. Sarno,
2: he had people, he came up with this sort of idea of creating lists so there is it's journaling work but it's not the journaling work that you think of like oh god I gotta sit here and journal <laughs> right so so the deeper part of this work is journaling combined with meditation he came up with this theory you know like create lists so one was childhood adversity or events in childhood that really stand out for you one column is daily stressors and the other column is personality traits So you choose something from any of those categories to write about. I've done 20 minutes, you know, I was doing my practice daily until I no longer needed it and I was completely pain-free. Whether it was something from childhood, something from my daily life, just being a mother or any of the things that pop up in life, right? Or my personality. I will say people that tend to be perfectionistic, like myself, people pleasers, which I was to a fault, okay, and really developed a nuisance of being in this work. People pleasers, perfectionistics, goodness, people that don't want to set anyone, like, don't want to take away from someone's experience that you'll just make it okay for yourself. If everyone else is good, then I'm good. Very conscientious more wired with anxiety, very self-critical people with these specific personality traits are more prone to develop chronic pain conditions because you're constantly on autopilot. Maybe you're not even realizing it and you're saying yes to things, but you're in conflict with what you're actually feeling is your truth. Right. And that creates a lot of conflict in the body.
0: Yeah, you know what's so interesting that I'm realizing? Because I think this happens in therapy, right? So I was talking about my experience and I talked about my resistance to journaling in general and like everything that you said. And I completely forgot, like when you just described the process of the journaling, I was like, right, like that's, that actually sounds like a good process, but I had gone blank. I was like, I don't remember what, I just remember the word journaling coming up. And I think as a client, this can happen all the time where, and how you said you read Dr. Sarno's book at a certain point and like, you just couldn't digest it at that point. And like, so there are processes that happen with us as clients where it's like, you just don't hear it. Or like, you know, and we've all had this experience where a client will say, you know, I just had this idea, you know, and it's like, you've suggested that like weeks ago, but they're just like, I don't know where it came from, but you know, and so we have this like interesting process that happens. I noticed. So journaling is something I totally have had. I fit your description in the perfectionistic. And so it's interesting. I felt like I totally had this like blinking out process around the whole journaling. I was like, I know she mentioned journaling, but I can't remember anything about it or what was suggested. I was probably just in my resistance around journaling. And And that's
2: the biggest part of this work. Yes. Resistance is the biggest part of this work because who wants to journal? Like who wants to do this work? Right. But if you don't allow yourself to experience feelings that maybe have been buried for far too long, then you're constantly in this conflict with yourself. Right. It's almost like The rage, the shame, the anger, the embarrassment, the disappointment, the sadness, all these feelings maybe that you haven't really allowed yourself to experience as felt emotions, to let those feelings safely rise, it teaches your brain and your nervous system that your feelings aren't going to kill you and that you will survive. And by doing that and combined with the meditation, which is proven in brain science to create new neural pathways in your brain that you can allow your feelings to safely rise and that they're not going to kill you because you're feeling them. So therefore you're in charge and you're teaching your brain and nervous system that
1: these symptoms don't need to persist. Mm, Speaking to that point of the resistance, I've experienced this before and have heard other folks say it of I don't even want to go there because I'm afraid of being lost in my emotions. I'm afraid of being overwhelmed. I'm afraid of it getting into a spiral. And that's sort of like that fear thing you were talking about. What would you say to somebody who's like, oh, I know I got some childhood shit and I am not ready to go there. Yeah. What would you say to that? Totally. I would say you have to tend to this
2: work with such loving kindness for yourself and which is really hard. I know for me growing up, I was always extremely critical of myself and compassion was not something that has ever come easy. It was always like, I wanted the best for everyone, but I was always really hard on myself. It's just how I always operated. But with that being said, I say when you're in such pain and you've exhausted all options as I did going from one doctor to the next, what do you have to lose? Mm-hmm. And that if you can just allow yourself to get out whatever you need to get out, where there's no punctuation, there's no grammar, you're just letting your feelings flow, then you can erase what you're writing, you can get rid of that, just like Nicole Sachs has has done in her work, right? It's just you can let go of that and know that it's gone. And then it doesn't control you. And the importance of the meditation exercise after is because it helps calm your nervous system and knowing that those emotions, you allow them to safely rise, Mm -hmm. but that you're safe, you are here right now. And even if you're working through some really big childhood stuff, right? That it's teaching yourself that it's okay to feel and that you're not going to die because of it. if that makes sense to you guys.
0: Yeah, no, that's like, that's a really good point. You know, like, what do you have to, like, I, some point we're willing to like pay so much to a doctor to, you know, go to every remedy. And it's just like, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, and I talked about this in the episode because the thing I was working on was like infertility and like, I have gone through every treatment and doctor and, you know, and like, but like, right when it was journaling, I was like, "Mm, it's so funny, like how far we'll go. And that is, it's like, I want somebody else to tell me what to do or like to do all these stuff except like kind of do this process. I mean I think and I I was saying it was so helpful because it kept coming up in other places that I need to be doing some kind of journaling work. I think is a verbal processor, which like probably a lot of therapists are, you know, it's a little bit different for me. I'm used to like just doing it verbally. And so it's so interesting. And you know it's it's funny again coincidences or synchronicities. Yesterday I was watching just random on YouTube about this female skateboarder, because I guess skateboarding is going to be in the Olympics. And I, I didn't know about her, but she seems awesome. I think, I can't remember her name, but she talked about, she has to fall all the time. You know, she does these loops and she she falls. And she said, honestly, the process is just breaking down fear that she's like, I just, if I go into it with fear that looks scary, it's like, I'm already done. It's just really interesting because it's almost like it was such a representation of what you're Um, talking about. And it's it's amazing. amazing. It's so spot on,
2: you know, so it's really awesome that you're bringing this up because journaling, right? This isn't just, like I said, like your typical journaling, like you're getting to like this deep felt sense, maybe where it's not just for chronic pain, like maybe emotions were something that were never expressed in your family growing up. So emotions feel very threatening and unsafe right? So it's teaching you that you have a human life and this is our human life here, right? And we don't want to suffer any more than we've been suffering. So it's allowing yourself to experience emotions in a way without judgment or fear, you know, connected to it. Because when you're in fear, then you're in chronic fight or flight and then you can't ever heal. And your brain is really good at protecting you with your nervous system to just keep you alive so that's why you know in our most primitive form we're just like other animals right that it locks into protective gear if we feel that we are in danger but it's teaching you with the journaling that if you can just sink into yourself you can survive And the meditation is there to help kind of calm your nervous system down and so that you can go about your day. That's one aspect of it. Going back to the fear again, I also have become certified in what's called brain reprocessing therapy, which is more concrete. So for some, like you're saying, Mona, too, you know, that journaling, it can, it's like, what if like, I come up with a lot of emotion from childhood and I just feel really overwhelmed and it's too much, right? Brain reprocessing therapy is under the similar umbrella. It's really helping people understand the treatment involves teaching your brain that your brain can send signals to your body mm-hmm. safely But if you are in chronic fight or flight mode, your brain will misfire signals, which creates what's called neuroplastic pain. Mm. So our brain can generate, and this is brain science, you know, not just hippy dippy. I may sound hippy dippy, but I promise you this is brain science because the perfectionist in me, the, the perfectionist in me, like I needed evidence. Yeah. Like, I don't deal with the hippie dippy stuff. You know, I wanted concrete proof. So the brain reprocessing therapy really helps people, I think, that are really, really resistant to understanding what TMS is. So it's this newer evidence-based treatment, too, that is focused on what's called neuroplastic pain. The brain can generate any physical sensation in any part of our body. And so when we are in chronic fight or flight, the brain can misfire signals when you are in a place of fear it will continue to misfire signals to your body Mm. the main thing to understand in this work is that pain equals sensation plus fear when you eliminate fear just like that what was it the skateboarder you said yeah right So cool. They have a skateboarder in the Olympics. So just like the skateboarder said, like eliminating fear, right? Once you eliminate fear, what people need to understand that our bodies create sensations. So you're sitting in a chair, Abby, Mona, you're sitting in a chair. I'm sitting in a chair. We're all experiencing sensations in our back because this chair is holding us up, but it's understanding that the sensations that we are experiencing are neutral. When you are in fear, your brain perceives the sensation as danger. Mm. So the fear is really just the fuel source that continues these pain signals in your body. Once you eliminate this fuel source of the fear, then it's helping clients understand that the pain you're experiencing is, it's just a sensation. You know, and the way that this work is really helpful in terms of giving people concrete exercises is through somatic tracking, where there's three components of it. One is mindfulness. Just kind of like, I know it's a little bit different, but even with the journaling piece of it, you're really connecting to yourself, right? right? But with mindfulness, it's the sense of you're present, but you don't have desired outcome in mind you're just sort of paying attention to a sensation you're focused inward on your on your breath you know focused on your body there's no fear there's no judgment and there's no desired outcome to it you combine that which which is called safety reappraisal where you're telling your brain mm. over and over that you are safe that the sensation that you are feeling is just a sensation and that you are safe mm. And, you know, it also is helpful to think of, just like for me, I'm an ocean person. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, you know, my jam. So, you know, just kind of incorporating positive imagery for people, I find is really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Where you're developing a gentle ease toward yourself and toward your sensations.
0: It sounds like, I, it, it all makes sense to me, but I think for so many people, it they don't realize the connection between the mind and body. So this was really helpful to hear about, Jacqueline. We really appreciate it.
2: Thank you guys so much for having me. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Oh, I know. And we kind of want that, but I know. (laughs) But yeah, so thank you guys again for having me. And I just want to lastly say this, that whether it's chronic anxiety, chronic depression, or chronic pain conditions that have ensued in the body, know that there is absolutely a path to heal yourself. And that my biggest goal in life and doing this work is that you can live your life again and you can feel that like freedom to live and to enjoy and to be. So I really want to get this message of healing out.
1: Awesome. It's so, so important. This work you do, I have learned so much just from today. i we can't see each other, but like my mouth was just like, I was slack jawed half the half the time. So thank you so much for joining us. And how can people find you uh, social media handles website? Perfect. So
2: people can find me on my website, which is JacquelineNatesMFT.com. So it's a long name. It's J A C Q U E L I N E. Nates is in Nancy. So it's n a t e s m f t dot com. And I will be, be creating my Instagram and you know, I'm getting there, <laughs> you know, slowly but surely. But, but but that's where you guys can find me.
0: You can listen to my episode with my resistance to social media. We're just going through all my resistances. So <laughs> I, yeah. I feel you. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Jacqueline. Thank you guys. And awesome. Take
1: care. Bye everyone. Bye. Yeah.
0: Thanks again for joining us. Check out our show notes to learn more about this episode and to find all the ways to follow us. And remember, if you're curious, try it.